What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Josh Shrinko, and uh, Christian is out on vacation right now, so doing a little solo episode. It's been just too long since we posted a t- episode and had have a, had a lot of things going on recently, <clears throat> and I'm going to save most of the real fun stuff for when Chris gets back. Um, he is currently... Uh, out on Lake Huron right now, hopefully smashing some big um, Great Lakes smallmouth, but uh, I've only seen one picture of a decent smallmouth, so he's going to be held accountable when he gets back for sure. Um, but yeah, he'll be back next week, so uh, we do have a lot of talk to talk about. Um, you know, been fishing actually quite a bit between our last couple episodes um and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna have some fun stuff to talk about but today what i want to do is uh do a couple things one um i fished a tournament last week and um we uh so yeah fished the grby white river series i actually fished two of them since the last podcast one of them i did absolutely horrible in it was the worst tournament i've fished uh in a long time I uh, ended up getting 20th place, I think, out of about 50 guys. Um, so not really much to talk about there. Um, the uh, uh, I did record a little episode in my car to and from, and it was just so bad. Honestly, I just was like, there's nothing I can learn from this. Um, but, you know, the lesson learned. It was the first time out in a new kayak, which that's the second topic I want to talk about is uh, kind of my experience with the new kayak I picked up from Sun Valley Sports. It's Hobie iTrek 11. It's kind of my first foray into inflatable kayaks and uh, got a lot of feedback on that one. Um, initially, I was going to have Jeremy Crow on and he might join us here in a little bit. So if he does, um, we'll kind of pause and, and bring him in. Um, but for right now, I'm just going to recap the tournament. The The first tournament I fished, the one I finished 20th place in, um, Really, the you know the big takeaway from that is I I wanted to try fishing, um, kind of working my way upstream, and I was only able to cover about two and a half miles during the tournament. Uh, the kayak did brilliant going upstream, but uh, the water was sort of murky, muddy. I wouldn't call it muddy; it was like cloudy, um, and that is a losing strategy when it is dirty water. Um, you, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. You, you want to cover more water. And I kind of learned the hard way, um, is picking apart spots and going, you know, on an upstream approach was not the correct way to do it. So I paid the price, learned the lesson, um, went back and, and did this tournament here, uh, last weekend and, uh, coming off of a, I had a vacation that, um, we went to the Muskegon River, which I'm not going to talk about that um, until Chris gets back. Uh, had a great time. It's a quick turnaround, got home, and uh, had a couple day, one day to work, and then uh, on Sunday went out on White River. And uh, yeah, I have to say, um, totally different experience. Uh, I had, 
I normally try to fish those earlier, um, so like Thursday or Friday, and I couldn't fish it until Sunday, and uh, I was curious how that was going to play out. The one advantage behind that is that I was able to kind of ping some of the wet boy nation out there that fished it before me and got a little bit of a report about what was going on and uh it seemed to be that the fish were pretty active chasing moving stuff and uh that um you know is fun to do i don't know that it's the best scenario for a tournament because everybody else is catching fish and you know sometimes when that's happening it's kind of luck of the draw type of thing um but i was looking forward to it either way it should have been a fun day of fishing um showed up to the ramp met a couple guys there that i hadn't met before shout out to the i think it's the hyatt brothers um uh they're fellow morgan county guys so had a a nice little chat with them and then got on the water really proceeded to uh um have a day that i did not expect it was a very slow day um but i was able to grind out a um decent limit and ended up finishing finishing fourth place I think there's 45 guys in sign up for this one. So I ended up getting a, a check out of it and, you know, can't complain anytime that happens. But here's what sort of like breaking down what happened. Got out there and um, there is a low head dam just upstream of where uh, I launched. And uh, there's a, several low head dams on White River. This particular one is not my favorite one. Um, but I kind of figured since there's two other guys fishing in front of me and they were not going to go upstream that it was probably a good idea to go up there and at least, um, throw a few casts. Um, and this is where the Hobie really shined, um, going upstream and that thing's like a freaking breeze. I've never been able to go upstream in a river like I can with that thing. Um, but like I said, we'll talk about that here in a second. Went up there and threw some top water around to really a pretty, um, non-eventful reception uh i i ended up catching a a fish a largemouth just shy of 16 inches and uh, then i i laid into one that felt at least that big and lost it um that was about all she wrote up there um and i could quickly see that like it wasn't going to be super productive and i wasn't going to sit there and pick it apart because like i said it's just not my favorite dam so i went downstream and you know, that's the one thing about tournament fishing or really just fishing in general is, you know, in a river, water clarity to me is a pretty important uh, aspect or variable in the whole putting the puzzle together thing because that determines, I, I base a lot of what I throw during the day on water clarity. And uh, it was kind of weird is it was a low river, but it had rained, um, I think on Friday it rained. And I was just wasn't sure what the clarity looked like. And the bad thing is when you get out there in the morning, you really can't tell what the clarity is like until the sun comes up. So you're kind of trying to do the whole stick your paddle in the water, you know, stick your lure in the water and see how far down you can see it. And uh, I really couldn't tell. Um, so I was sort of basing it on the fact that I, I was guessing it was a little cloudy. Um, it was just a weird, weird, weird... Uh, um, situation with low and kind of dirty water. Um, so I started throwing top water, really didn't, uh, have a ton, uh, going on that. And then I, I switched over, I believe, um, to a wake bait pretty early on. 
and it's I have the uh, a few of those live target crawfish wake baits left, and they make a bigger one um, that is hard to find because it's discontinued. But uh, anytime I see them, I snatch them up. And uh, I did have a monster come up and swipe at it, and it looked like I was gonna hook it, and it it uh, ended up just missing it. Sort of the kind of the the uh, theme in White River over the past few times I've been there. A lot a lot of mist eats uh, for whatever reason, um, but it it encouraged me to kind of keep throwing it, and um, where I ended up. Um, kind of forming a pattern was in kind of fast uh, water and uh, you know it's no surprise in the summertime you're going to be targeting you know some of your faster more oxygenated water and uh, really I got on a, a halfway decent bite with that but it was not anything robust I was catching them um, you know uh, catching a few fish here and there I ended up um I think catching my first decent one at like in the middle of this uh, huge riffle, and I dragged the kayak up on an exposed boulder that was kind of flat, and stood up, stood up on the boulder, and I was like throwing in little like there's some that water willow or duckweed whatever you call it, um, and the current was kind of rolling through there, and I uh, ended up having one smoke that wake bait kind of in in a little. Uh, pocket of that grass and um it hit really hard ended up being a uh 17 and a quarter it was a good fight uh, i thought i was gonna lose it. it took me underneath my boat and around the rock and everything i ended up getting it in and um so anyways i got that in felt a little bit better about so now i had a 15 and three quarter and that 17 and then uh really went on to um have that same pattern just targeting fast water i caught um, I think a 16 or another 15 and three quarter, but it was a small mouth. Uh, I caught a 16, um, and a half and then a 16 and a quarter. And I was feeling pretty good at that point. Cause it was like nine 30 in the morning. I was like, okay, all right, I have a nice little limit here. You know, I'm just going to spend the rest of the time trying to call. And, uh, dude at 10 o'clock, the bite absolutely shut off. And, uh, it went from, you know, you're a pretty typical like morning, you know, bite where they're chasing stuff and dude, it, I don't, and, and the, the bad thing was really like the best water that I was looking forward to was like halfway down. And by the time I got to it, um, the bite just, you know, was, was done. And if I had known that, you know, was going to happen, I would have, you know, tried to get down there beforehand because, you know, in a in any certain stretch of river, you kind of have spots where you've caught big fish before, especially if, you know, it's a river you know, and, you know, I feel like those fish um, aren't going to be traveling super far on a free-flowing river, especially if there's a dam upstream, just upstream, like, they're not going that far, and honestly, the one of the best areas, there those two guys that I, w- I was with, or that I met at the ramp, um, they were sitting on the those areas, which I kind of figured they would be, because um, it's the first good spot kind of down from um, the put-in. Because like I said, I went upstream to a dam, 
And uh, so I kind of looped around them and, you know, just kind of went down the river a little bit and tried to create some space between me and them. They were, you know, admittedly slow fishermen. I'm not. Um, so I tried to, you know, get some space in between us. Honestly, give them some fresh water to fish and just like, you know, create some space so I didn't feel pressured all day. And uh, so, yeah. So anyways, I, um, you know, got... Uh, by the time I got down the areas I was really excited about, um, the fishing kind of, it didn't kind of shut off, it did shut off, but luckily I had, you know, uh, just shy of 82 inches, um, on the board, and, uh, you know, I was sitting in fourth place at that time, now I, you know, my mentality goes from that point to like, okay, I need 18s, and, uh, you know, I was really gunning for 18s all day. There were spots where I'd seen 18s the week before. Um, I went out with Chris in the jet boat. He snapped off a really nice one. I broke off a nice one the day before that on the jet boat. And I was within reach of that area. So I kind of was like, man, I'm going to go down there and just fish for big fish. And I actually had been sight fishing for them in the jet boat. Uh, they were cruising... Um, flats for spawning sunfish which is a really cool phenomenon you only see like one week in indiana um but i do know that was going on because it's like the only time you see smallmouth cruising like big smallmouth cruising like kind of gravelly flats just in the middle of the day um and i saw at least we saw four two on the one day two on the next day and i got all four of them to eat uh, literally lost all four of them. Um, one of, I think I snapped off one. I lost one. Like it just popped out of its mouth. Chris, I think broke off one. And then also, um, one like eight and then it like got off or it, he never had it hooked or whatever. Um, so I was hoping I'd go down there and, you know, kind of sight fish for a few of them. And, uh, dude, it was just brutal. I was the highest finisher on that day. So it was on Sunday, um, and I think there was like 13 or 14 guys fishing that day. Uh, but I did not expect that to happen. I expected to kind of, you know, catch fish the rest of the day. Maybe not near as well as in the morning, but, you know, it's expecting to, you know, a lot of times you'll get your bigger fish later in the day <clears throat> for whatever reason. And I was really grinding it out trying to, get bites and I just wasn't getting bit so and I tried everything from like top you know top water to middle of the water column all the way down to you know I, that area that I was uh kind of talking about seeing those big fish it's not very big it's probably you know maybe a half mile river quarter mile river and I went up and down like four times with different presentations to try to get fish and you know I did catch some smaller ones but you could tell just like it was like the attitude of the fish completely changed. It went from, um, you know, it went from like they were really like like choking a bait to like I would see them with like a fluke. They would come up and they like follow it almost all the way to the boat, even small fish, and they just didn't want to eat it. It was just a weird stark change. And, uh, you know, the weather didn't really change much, but it sounded like the two days before that, um, they were really eating aggressively um, all day. Um, and I did want to, you know, take a second to congratulate a couple guys. Um, Justin Kivett ended up winning the tournament. 
Um, so I think that's his second win of the year, if I'm recalling right. So it's a pretty solid, um, solid job by Justin. And then uh, the uh, wet boy extraordinaire, Nick Nacrelli, um threw it down with 87 inches and got second place. And uh, Nick's my boy um, and uh, really proud of him. And then I'm going to look up and see who got third because I do not want to leave them out. Um, so you forgive me for a sec. So third place. Oh, yeah, Mitch. I forgot. Mitch McCollum got third place with 85.75 inches. So the top three guys were pretty close. And then, uh, you know, it dropped off quite a bit to me at 81.75. And then Nick Matthews was, uh, rounded out the top five with 80 and a half inches. Um, and like I said, that was out of 45 anglers, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was an interesting uh, tournament. I kind of wish I would have fished uh, earlier in the week, but uh, I didn't have a choice. And um, that's what happens, you know. You uh, sign up and sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of a weird, weird deal. So summertime, Chris and I are planning on doing the next episode we're going to do summertime smallmouth strategies, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it, kind of, you know, our theories behind what smallmouth do in the summertime, specifically what big fish do in the summertime, because nobody really cares about the jimmies of the world, um, and we're going to break down kind of how, if you're going onto a river to fish in the summertime, you know, how to approach it and where you might find some of those bigger fish. Um, with that said, I'm going to move into the second segment of this episode, and uh, I'll start off by saying, you know, I'm a, a long-time Wilderness Systems Pro team staffer. Um, they redid their staff last year and kind of demoted me, I guess you could say. Um, it was somewhat of a mutual uh, demotion type of thing, because um, I just didn't have time to do it, but... Uh, I'm definitely not as like tied to them as I used to be. Uh, I am still a you know quote unquote ambassador for them, and I, I do get some perks for that. Uh, but I'm no longer a part of their like actual like national fishing team. Um, so I felt like you know uh, if the time was right and something came along that I would be open to you know trying some other brands of kayaks out. And I really was not in a hurry to you know had the jet boat project going this winter time and I've been using that a ton. Uh, I took that on the Muskegon river and it was a freaking blast. Jet boat is an awesome tool for a river fisherman. I will say though, um, there's just places jets can't get to. And, uh, and there's also something that, you know, is intimate to kayak fishing that is, you can't get with other types of fishing. So I will always have, a, a you know, few kayaks uh you know to be able to use i'm never gonna not kayak fish and then i obviously like the tournament aspect of it there's not a lot of jet boat tournaments around here on the rivers so kayak fishing is kind of where it's at and uh so my boy jeremy crow who was gonna join us but he since it's called and said that we're gonna we're gonna have him on a couple episodes later um he's been kind of you know he was a part of the jackson national team for a long time and you know, we had fished together a few times and, uh, he's, you know, probably I've said on the show before, but you know, it's from a true, like smallmouth lover type of river rat type of guy. He's about as close as you can get to what I consider myself, maybe even more so. 
um, as far as dedication goes. And uh, anytime he kind of says something with conviction, I listen. And uh, he got a Hobie I-11S a while back. And, you know, basically was like, dude, you know, this thing's the truth. He's like, it's the only river kayak you'll ever need. He called it the, you know, River Ferrari. And uh, at the time, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm not, I just got that Recon 120. I was like, I don't really need another kayak. It looks cool. And um, I will say, you know, the one downside to some of these newer kayaks is they're so damn heavy. They're hard to load, um, especially if you're doing solo stuff. And honestly, you know, as much as I love Wilderness System, their pedal system is not the best in the world. And uh, Hobie's always kind of been known for their, you know, their Mirage Drive. And, um, you know, I had gotten some experience with inflatables uh, from the river rat rafts. And uh, to be honest, like, it's exceeded my expectation in every facet. The, the inflatable has been bulletproof. We beat the crap out of it, you know. It's super light for its, uh, you know, strength to weight ratios, like super high. And uh, inflatables, I, I feel like it, they're for river guys, they're um, they're kind of coming to a point where I, I think you're going to start seeing them pop off quite a bit um, because there's just so much that makes sense about them. And, uh, you know, I will say this. I'm not going to do an in-depth review uh, right now, uh, but I will do one eventually. Um, but my overall impressions are that I may never use another type of kayak as my main kayak ever again. And the main reasons are, uh, is I would say first and foremost, the portability of it is crazy. Like the thing weighs like 35 pounds with the seat and the rudder. I mean, I can toss it on top of my Forerunner, like, no problem, one person. Um, if you want to take it somewhere long-term, it literally comes with a suitcase that the boat and everything goes inside of. Um, I'm pretty sure it's sub-50 pounds, so you can actually check it on an airplane, which is crazy that you can do that. It comes with the pump, comes with all that stuff. Um... And then once you're on the water in it, you would think like, yeah, okay, this thing's inflatable. You're probably making concessions. It could not be further from the truth. That thing is freaking made for the river. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, I'm not going to go to a full review, but I will say this. Maneuverability on that thing is like nothing you've ever seen if you have not been in a similar type of craft. Um, you can literally spin the thing in circles. With the rudder up, you, you literally can seriously spin it in circles with the rudder down you can damn near almost do a 360 with the rudder and the pedal drive um it's so responsive like you know jeremy called it a ferrari i i feel like it's more like a go-kart like it literally can like you got a boulder field with like enough water for those pedals to go in which is you know probably eight nine inches like you can literally steer around them like like you're driving a car on pavement um, you can go upstream with it, you can go downstream in it, you can go in shallow water, you can go in deep water. Um, it's extremely stable. Like, and I, I mean stable to the point where you can stand up in it and not feel, like, it doesn't really feel any different than, like, any other kayak. I would say, like, 
maybe a little less stable than the recon, but it's like very similar to the attack. Um, the uh, the downsides, I would say, uh, and this is my main concern, is like there's nowhere to put anything because it's just basically like a stand-up paddleboard um, with a seat on it. And by the way, the seat and the rudder system comes off in like three seconds. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, I think for River, guys, we don't really need a lot of stuff. I think we get by with a lot less stuff than what you would take on a lake. And primarily because we can't be all cluttered up on a river. It's chaotic. You really, nobody wants to take 10 rods. I saw something where a guy was rigging up a black pack today on a, on a, you know, some big kayak. He's like, oh, I'm going to put 10 tubes on there. Like you will never see a guy on a river doing that. It's just dumb on a river. Um, so I don't really, you know, I did add a couple extra rod holders to my wilderness systems crate, which fits on it fantastically, by the way. The only bad thing about it is when you put four rod, rod holders on that thing, the rods pretty much stand straight up in the air. And I have gotten them caught in trees a handful of times. And I've always like angled my rods pretty, um, a severe, uh, like downward angle. Or I guess it'd be upward angle, but I, I've angled them less than 90 degrees, um, so that or more than 90 degrees, I should say, um, so that when you go underneath trees, I kind of just slip under them. So I'm gonna have to work out something with that, whether that be, you know, getting a new crate with the. I knew the the new black pack has the ability to do that, so I may may do that. Um, but uh, surprisingly, the way it's designed, it has these little like pontoons on the side that are part of the inflatable and it kind of creates like a lip on the side and you can set your rods like in between like the flat part and that pontoon area and actually it holds them just fine. Had them there all day. I fished two tournaments out of it, fished a ton out on the Muskegon, um, went fun fishing a couple times. You can actually stage your rods horizontally. And I, at one point I think I had two on one side and one on the other, and then I was using one. So, and it did just fine. Uh, I probably need to get some kind of safety, you know, so if, you know, something unexpected happens, they don't just go dumping in. But you don't need much. You just need, like, a little bungee or something over it, and I think that's something I can rig up pretty easily. Uh, <sighs> sorry. Tired. Betty, Betty by time. Um, so... Uh, overall though, the thing is, uh, crazy. I'm taking it out in the Susquehanna, uh, later this month for the, the Hobie BOS. Um, and like literally I don't even have to pull a trailer. I just like deflate the thing, put it in my back of my car. It's nuts. Um, I, I did buy some yak attack accessories for it. So I got a couple switch pads if you're familiar with those. And I'm, I think I'm going to rig a, stern anchor on it and like slash drag chain and mainly i just want to do that so when i catch a nice fish if i'm like in the middle of the river and there's nowhere to go um i can anchor up and not like end up you know half a mile downstream um but i don't even know if i'll use that much like and you know the pedal drive is the other thing is like you can go upstream in that thing like crazy uh, it, it's nuts like i've literally like four by four my way through a riffle in that thing and it, like I was like I can't believe I just did that. Um, so 
in the the pedal drive, I the kick up fins and stuff. Everything about it's like just really well thought out. Um, so yeah, I'll probably put a stern anchor on it. Uh, but honestly, I don't. That's about it. Like I, I don't think I want it to be much because um, I think you start adding a bunch of stuff to that and it it, it becomes uh, not. Uh, it becomes a heavier less maneuverable vessel and I think that's what's key about it is it's just so light and maneuverable um but I did I had my you know eight-year-old daughter fishing off the front standing on the front of while I was pedaling upstream when we were in Michigan and literally no issues at all um it was pretty crazy uh but anyways um really impressed with it I'm gonna like I said take it to the Susquehanna and you know put it through the paces there um, we're going to do a little preview episode on that. And that is one of Jeremy's going to join. And then, uh, I'm actually going to be having Jeff little on, on Thursday night. We'll see if we can get that posted up. Um, but, uh, yeah, really excited about that. And, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, if you're in the market for a river kayak, check out the Hobie iTrek 11. It is, I would say it's marketed as a wreck boat and it kind of feels like a wreck boat. Um, and apparently there's some things they did to it that a lot of guys didn't like compared to the I-11S, um, as far as like the thickness of the, you know, material they use and stuff like that. But, you know, honestly, I, I think it's going to hold up fine. Um, you know, the cool thing about inflatables is that you can patch them and reinforce them pretty much as much as you want. Um, so we'll see. They're not cheap. Um, and you know, for what you pay for, I feel like it is way overpriced. But there's also nothing out there like it. So it's kind of, they got the market corner. They can kind of do what they want. Um, so, but I think what you'll see is a lot more companies play around in, with inflatables because there's just so much to like about them. Um, but yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. So I'm headed out to the Susquehanna uh, the last week of July. It's going to be freaking amazing. Uh, we're going to tear it up out there. See if we can... You know, I already called my shot, said I wanted a top five finish, which is probably somewhat, uh, I won't say it's unachievable and it's not unrealistic, but it's it's very, it's a little, to finish top five out of a 200 field, you, you know, you got to have a lot of things fall your way. So I guess, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, it's historically low out there and uh, I feel like I do pretty well when it's low and clear um and i have some you know i have some plans so i feel like i'm in the right kayak now i feel like i'm gonna be able to to um you know to fish it effectively i'm gonna have three days of practice before the tournament and uh you know i've told the guys i'm going with like hey guys if we can't figure them out in three days like we we don't have any business catching them during the tournament so three days out there to fish as long as the weather doesn't change probably going to be should have them locked in at least to the point where you know you're going to catch fish. Um, you know, it's sometimes fishing is part, you know, skill and part, um, you know, putting the pieces together and the other parts just chance. And sometimes, you know, you might cast, you know, there's three or four boulders out there and one of them has a 20 and you cast the two wrong ones. Um, or, you know, you get the 20 to eat and it pops off. And in a tournament like that, um, this two days long, like I can tell you, it will take 
over 90 inches each day to win. Um, and you know, do the math, like you're going to need a 20, maybe, maybe more than one, um, throughout the tournament, definitely some 19s and, and kind of round out your, uh, limit with 18s. Um, if you're going to win it and there's a, there's definitely the fish in there to do it. So, um, I would say for myself, you know, I would, if I get 80 inches or I'm sorry, 90 inches a day, I, I feel Feel, will feel good about my efforts, um, but I think to win it, you're going to, you know, the tournaments I've been seeing out there is like 92, 93 inches if you're going to win it, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, um, definitely going to do some podcasts while I'm out there, you know, let some of those uh, those wet boys get on there and, and uh, get them on the pod, and uh, yeah, we're, uh, I'm excited about it, uh, congrats to everybody on the GRBY tournament, and um, that's all I got, so We'll, uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday night with Jeff Little and uh, hopefully do a, a banger episode when Christian gets back later, guys. Free the fighter. Ah, do so. <laughs>